maybe as good as Purple Rain. Don't make this shit like Raspberry Beret. <laughs> We got it, uh, me and Iggy, uh, I'm singing on his new record. Oh, yeah? And, uh, the engineer, uh, guy there filmed it. Oh, really? It looks really cool. Cool. Yeah. Where's your, where's your, rec where's your recording? Uh, New Orleans and at, uh, Daniel Lenoir's house. You, you would make me destroy myself. In order to survive you, I must first survive myself. And I can sink no further, and I cannot forgive you. you, to engage you, to erase you. I've gone to great lengths to expand my threshold of pain. I'll use all my mistakes against you. to jerk off for hours looking at her album cover. Rick Springfield? He's my hero! We're all working class dogs. Hey! Yes! She tricked. Look, look what happens when I think about she tricked. Thirty years, thirty years. April sixth, nineteen ninety-three. Tool puts out their 
debut full-length album. A, pri- a year prior to that, they had put out the EP, Opiate. And before that, they had a demo out. And from there on, Tool set a course there. Well, Pantheon of music and visuals and just doing things their way. They had the most basic record contract, which allowed them to do everything they wanted to the chagrin of the record company. Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Those clips, those sounds that I just play for you, that's from, there's these YouTube clips of the making of Undertow, the uh, producer Sylvia Massey. Um, some of those other clips are clips from Tool's debut album, debut full-length album, Undertow, released 30 years ago. In fact... Maynard James Keenan has made news why he will not do, and I don't blame him, why he will not do um, the older songs. And that and that totally makes sense. You know, as an artist, you write, you write songs and then boom, what happens? You outgrow, well, you don't outgrow them, but you, you evolve as a person. And, um, you know, there's there's so much to be said. I mean, Consequence says, 30 years ago, Tool crafted a masterful debut album with Undertow, which is true. And, and it really changed everything. But in that process, they changed bassists. Paul Damore left Tool, was replaced by Just, Justin Chancellor as they were making Anima, okay? Supposedly... Paul was tired of having to rehearse things over and over and over. Now, I recently saw Paul because Paul is in ministry. So I thought, oh, that's a full circle moment. You know, I, I listened to Tool for years and I and I see the original bassist with ministry. And, you know, Al Jorgensen and ministry, they're, go, they're good friends of Tool. In fact, Al Jorgensen has claimed that he's the one who got, he turned Tool into a psychedelic band because they were tripping. Huh. Here's what Maynard Ga- James Keenan recently said. Don't expect Tool to do a, f- a set of just old uh, school songs. Yep, yep, yep. This is what he said when talking to Steve-O. Old cars, you know, just like an old Barracuda man tearing up the streets, you try to do it with an old barac- Barracuda now and it's going to break. Something, you know, is just you can't do that. So I think with age, you find ways to sing the thing where it's not creating damage. You can actually recreate it without having to pick a scab emotionally and literally, like hurting yourself. So I think my writing has changed over the years, and I can do some of the thing, some of those songs. I can't do a whole set of those songs. I can pepper them in so I can still do some of the things, but you can't. If you're actually going to sit down and thinking about it, you can't expect some of the dudes from back in the day to do the thing they did 30 years or 40 years ago. You can't expect that out of the body out of that body your body just doesn't do those things forever it's also worth mentioning the concept of old school tool is a little funny given the band has only had five records according to setless fm uh tools 2002 shows were a pretty even split between albums from the decades from the 90s um yeah and it says the fall tour the what they're going to play is a mystery now i i've heard they're going to do rosetta stone that's a given 
they're gonna crack open some ten thousand days and hey you know they put out that skull which is what is it nine hundred dollars um i'm not gonna pay for it and i and i've said why I, I love tool but it's like i don't have to own all of uh what they're doing i just don't now when it comes to the music and when it comes to the tours most most definitely um i will always uh dive into it god 30 years 30 years what was i doing 30 years ago <laughs> you know what's funny is there's a new this is off topic but it was 30 years ago there's a new super mario brothers and around 30 years ago is when i saw super mario brothers with john leguizamo and um the late um uh god his name escapes me um let me check oh paul um is it no oh my see how the memory just kind of goes okay yeah i'm trying to remember it was it paul was it it wasn't paul hogan it was paul um he was in a he was in the long good friday uh Okay, where am I going with this? No. Oh, God, I hate that when that crap opens. Um, but it's besides the point. Let's move on. 30 years ago. 30 years ago, a lot of shit was going down. A lot of shit. It was the beginning of the Clinton um, age and the Clinton administration. And here are these <laughs> four guys in a band from Los Angeles duking it out sonically i don't think they ever anticipated that 30 years later they would still be doing it and still wowing and delighting us with each album and each incarnation and each song and the visuals that's the other thing is um i want to give a shout out to my friend james we both know about tool and the visuals and we have a mutual friend who never got the visuals and that's understandable but all the while i'm thinking yeah if you're a diehard tool fan it's about the visuals okay <laughs> it is and um they all go together like a feather <laughs> i mean what else can i tell you it's the dr zeus film podcast visually tool is on on uh, a different level now that also being said you know adam jones of tool Worked in film. A lot of people don't know that. Worked on the Predator and Terminator 2 films. He was sculpting. The la I think the last thing he did was Jurassic Park. And then Tool was signed. And applied his skills to Tool's videos. They're, they're visual centerpieces of these, these songs and albums. And that's the thing when you go and see Tool. It's all interconnected, the visuals and the uh, the sonics. That's why they're such a great band. They're such a great band, and for people to not really get it, and that's understandable, different strokes for different folks. I mean, you could have a stroke listening to Tool. I'm just kidding, though. I mean, the visuals, the visuals, that's a, that's a different thing, you know that that um opiate 
what you know they redid the opiate song with justin um last year and put out that video that video was just that blew me away i have two copies i have one put away and then i have one that i watch sometimes and then there's like a digital version of it that i you know kind of ripped uh what are they going to do with this 30th anniversary well who knows who knows what this what this tour is uh gonna do okay um it's gonna change everything maybe i mean you know uh, last year they did on certain shows they played sober they did not play i don't think they're gonna play prison sex they could um that 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 remains to be seen okay but <sighs> yeah it, it really is it really is a, a new world in terms of uh what's going to happen on this upcoming fall tour um i am going to see them at aftershock so i mean let's go let's let's see what uh what happens but 30 30 years of, of a debut album most of the bands who were around 30 years ago are no longer bands they've either broken up or petered out and you haven't heard that word in a while and with tool though they just um they just keep going they keep going to such a level you know if we go back and look at Fear Inoculum, which came out almost four years ago this August. You know, and the fact that they've made five albums. and But who's counting? I think the people that are counting are messed up and fucked up. And that's that's what you do, you know. And um, with Tool, I mean, there's not much I can say without really... Uh, brutalizing um the the conversation of this uh this band this band that has existed since 1991 they put out the first album and it changed everything it changed everything and from there you know you had uh a change in regime which a lot of bands you know okay we're going to do the next album <sighs> we're going to switch things up and that's what they did they switched things up and i mean <laughs> it's fascinating it's fascinating that as a band who is still able to exist and to give us their, you know, just whole, whole selves, basically, sonically, and, and, and there's a liberating aspect to that, to what Tool brings to, uh, um, their sound. I mean, I think to hear them talk about it on Undertow, as you can tell, I'm tired. I'm, it's been a long day. 
I've I've earned that, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I always hate it when the electronics don't want to work. That's <laughs> yeah. Let's see, tool interview undertow. Undertow is one of those albums where you go back and you listen to it and you're like, yeah. <sighs> okay, this is from a year ago. Here's Sylvia Massey on Tool's Undertow album. So important, I think. Now, also, famously, at the end of Undertow, there's quite a bit of noise that sounds like the insides of a piano because it is the insides of a piano. Um, you want to talk a little bit about what you did on that track, and then was this the first time you were basically just destroying things on a record? <laughs> um, I think that during the recording of Undertow, we were discussing how to make the world's most obnoxious sound. And uh, I threw out some ideas of getting an old piano, getting getting a piano and lifting it up to the top of a building with a crane and then dropping it and recording that. And that should be a really uh, obnoxious sound. Um, so I went about trying to find a crane company that would do it for, for us. I knew where to get the pianos. These pianos, the, the, uh, they're relics that can't be repaired. They're total, basically. Uh, so many of these old pianos can't be repaired. So you can get them for, you know, uh, a, just $50 or such. So, um, but I couldn't get a crane com company to, to actually do this lifting and dropping. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I bought two, two uh, pianos. We pushed them into the, the dock at the back of uh, Grandmaster's studio. And... Um, and we just set out to make the most obnoxious noise ever. And whatever would happen with it, we, we were going to use it or not use it. I don't know. We, we didn't know what it would be like. Um, I uh, wanted them to be performing while they were smashing it. I provided everybody with uh, sledgehammers, pickaxes. I prefer the elevator music tag. It's much more direct. <laughs> I don't know, you got to make a category for something, so I guess that's what works, I guess. I, nobody likes to be put in a, in a pigeonhole of sorts, you know, but I guess we are kind of, kind of metal, kind of grunge, kind of, we're kind of a ride in that grunge wave and Uriah Heep slash Grateful Dead vibe, a little bit of Steve Martin banjo music slipped in there. something for us and that and then hopefully somebody else might feel the same way and get something out of it 
you know, maybe that'll work for them on the inside a little bit more. We're, but you know, we're definitely not on some sort of a crusade. And we're a lot older than most most of uh, the people that were like our contemporaries. I guess you know, like musicians that are coming up now. We're a little bit older, and uh, I think the difference is that some of them still believe that there's like an answer because they're younger and they don't they haven't gotten to the point you know of us old cynical curmudgeon like bastards and realize there aren't really any answers just there's just means to get through this shit sorry your foot what did happen to your foot uh just playing basketball i broke it but i'd like to take this moment to capture maynard on film i want to remember this moment always when the moment that he was on headbangers ball with you ricky oh, okay hold on kodak moment did it work yeah okay and, and, and you look completely shocked. Like, that was a big Kodak moment for you. It's the first time my picture's ever been taken. <laughs> so how have the show's been going so far? I mean, did you know these guys before? Kind of. I used to go to high school with Tom. He used to beat me up. Really? Yeah. So it's kind of fun. You guys are back and yeah. beating him up once again during shows. We were the same weight in the in wrestling class, and so I got to hammer him every day as our sticky bodies rubbed together in a violent fashion. Now, in the shows, what is the order of shows? Do you guys go on... We play first. And then you play? They open for us. There you go. So that's how it works. So you get the distinction of getting to warm the whole crowd up. How have the crowds been through the Lollapalooza show so far? They've been warm. They've been very warm. warm yeah. It's like been 100 degrees in a lot of the places. <laughs> yeah. And it's a pleasure opening up for Maynard every day. Yeah. And how is it coming on after Rage? Pretty cool. It's the first show we did today was after them. We've been on the second stage for the whole Yeah, tour. that's one thing I want to talk about. And we're going to be coming back with more Headbangers Ball. And we're going to talk a little bit to the guys in Rage Against the Machine and Tool and all the bands that are playing at Lollapalooza. So stay tuned for more Headbangers Ball. talk to him quite yet okay he's gonna sit here and be quiet because right now we're talking to tool first of all i want to say that you guys started on the small stage and today was your first time playing on the big stage right correct now what i heard that when you guys were playing the small stage you were getting like a real lot of people hanging out out there so it was kind of a nice progression to get you out on the big stage yeah it was, it was kind of intense to see all these people like coming around through the village and just staying to watch us scream our heads off now being from L.A., I always knew that there was a big buzz coming about Tool, and everybody had heard about you guys for a little bit. But now that you're playing the Lollapalooza, I mean, fan base is definitely growing in a big way, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, when you get to play for over 10,000 people every day, it makes a big difference, that's for sure. So this would definitely be a good festival to kind of turn a lot of people on to Tool. Well, we hope so. Yeah. Okay, one thing, we've been, we've been playing the video a lot on the show, and uh, for video with, like, for lack of a better word, a puppet, it definitely has got, like, a weird mood to it. I mean, it's kind of depressing. Don't you agree? Hey, man. <laughs> we'll talk to him later. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about the video for Sober. Cause I, we're about to play it, and I think it's, it's a great it's video. A, the secret of Fred Stir Blurmation. Yeah, What's it called? Fred Stir Blurmation. Blurmation. Yeah. <laughs> so I can use that word now every time I intro the video. We're going to play it. I think it's a great video. Anything you want to set up for this video? Um, hi, Mom. Here is Tool with sober. 
big stage. I mean, were you kind of nervous going up on the big stage? Yeah, yeah, there's far too many kids, and they're very intimidating, and they didn't like us. They didn't like you? No. Oh, I couldn't tell. They I don't buy that for like this, and I couldn't tell. That's a good thing. I think they were looking for something. Oh, that's a good thing. Any newer bands that maybe you hadn't seen before? Um, well, not too much. I mean, I'm just familiar with most of the guys on the tour this time. You know, I've become more familiar with their music and enjoy it more after you get a little more familiar with it. But. Those are old interviews with Maynard and Danny and Adam and the members of Tool and also just Tom Morello just hanging out at Lollapalooza 93. 30 years ago. Oh, geez. Th- yeah, Lollapalooza, Tool. I mean, it's it's been fun. What this album means to me is, like all Tool albums, it gets under your skin and it stays there forever. And when I saw them in 2020, they did play Swamp Song. And it was magical. And it was memorable. And it was a trip. Unpleasant dreams. <laughs> 